Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated and tired. I'm your host, Kezi Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. Today we are talking about how you can start getting out of your own way and see some results already. If you are constantly self-sabotaging, if you're constantly stuck in that vicious circle of trying really hard, making some changes, then it all going to pot, you giving up, not bothering, feeling terrible, and then you muster up some energy, you try really hard, you get back on the wagon, then it all goes to pot and you give up and you beat yourself up and you feel really bad and you've been doing that for years and basically have seen zero results made zero progress in the last couple of years in terms of your bloating, your energy, your thyroid, your weight. This is the episode for you. (laughs) It totally is. So I hope you're ready. I'm going to be sharing with you the three main reasons for why you're getting out in your own way. Why is that happening? How you can like how to help you identify what the problem is. And then two key action points to help you stop it so that in the next couple of months, if you take action on this and in the next couple of months, two or three months, you will start to see some results already. You will start to make progress. You will start to feel better. You'll start to beat the bloat. You'll start to have more energy. You'll just, you'll make the progress that you've been wanting for several years, but struggling to achieve. So I know this podcast is offering you a lot, guys. <laughs> but honestly, it, I mean, it's good stuff. I will, I will toot my own trumpet, even though that is not the phrase. But, you know, the girls woke me up a lot last night. So <laughs> it's just, it's going to be that kind of podcast um, or that kind of intro anyway. Uh, so that is what today is about. And I am excited. Um, and other news, um, life is happening here. It's November as of recording this. Um, and the girls just had nine month checkup with the health visitor. So I'm based in Scotland. We have health visitors come and visit to the house. And I've recently had twins, girls. Uh, and then nearly nine months, guys. I mean, what? I am so proud of myself. Oh my goodness. I'm going to do a whole podcast on this. But honestly, I actually feel like I might cry. Like, it has been hard. It is hard. There's like no pussy footing around that. It's hard. Because um, I also have a toddler. So three kids under three, trying to recover. Pregnancy was super hard. Just the last couple of years for lots of reasons, personally, my own life, my own shit going on. Life has been super hard, then add in two newborn twins into the mix. Just, it's been a lot, but I'm so proud of me. I actually feel a bit emotional. I wasn't expecting to say this in the intro, but I really am. The girls are doing great. They're really healthy, you know, like babies and teething and whatever, but they're doing really well. My other son's doing really well. And I, you know, I'm still recovering. I'm still only nine months postpartum, but I am really proud of myself. It's been really tough. It still is really tough. Last night, I thought I was going to have like a nervous breakdown at like 3 a.m. when like they woke up again. And they're normally actually okay sleepers. You know, so there's all of that is true. But also at the same time, I am, um, yeah, I am really proud of myself that this is, this is not a path I thought I would be on having so many tiny children, but I'm so grateful for it. And yeah, so things have been tough and things have been great all at the same time because that's how life goes. Um, so that has been happening and the girls are starting, one of them starting to crawl and sit up and eat food and have teeth. And oh, I'm so proud of them as well. It's so mad. You think having twins, 
there's the assumption that they'll be similar and they're not identical twins. And I think I'll probably do a podcast on their birth story because I realise I haven't done that. So I might do that as like a Christmas bonus episode because, I mean, it's, it's relatively self-indulgent, isn't it? <laughs> um, but they are not, they're not identical twins, but they are born, obviously, they are twins. They were born similar times. And so you kind of think they would be similar, but they really, they don't look the same. They don't have the same skin tone, same, they don't have the same hair colour, same eye colour, same build. Like, they're just really different. And it's just watching two tiny people grow up at the same time is just such a gift. And it's also really intense. So um, yes, that's been happening. And then it's just been doing clients and seeing clients and starting with some new clients. And things are basically, um, I think I have a couple of spaces just now for the to, like, to get started in November. And otherwise, then we won't be getting started. I won't have any space then until the new year which is fine. Um, so yeah, just when clients doing all their good stuff of, um, I just wrapped up with a client who we were mainly working on her energy and her skin and her skin is totally transformed. Like she was struggling with eczema. She doesn't really like her eyes look totally different. Her hands are massively improving. Her energy has gone way up. So, so impressed with her. So working with another client around her sleep and her sleep has gotten so much better. So, so, so much better. Um, her whole like circadian rhythm has shifted and that's totally affected her blood sugar, like her eating, her relationship with food, all of those kinds of things um which is really really awesome and um again just, just been working oh I, I mean I'll not go through all my client list <laughs> and it, but it was fun I even got a message the other day from an old client who I well not an old client but we wrapped up working with each other I think just before I went on maternity leave um this year and she just kind of sent me a message so this is what like nine months later essentially just being like oh so glad we worked together you know her periods we're working with her periods her periods were, went from a 10-day period to like a five-day period her pain went down it meant she didn't have to have endometrial um, ablation because things had improved so much so she, we were able to prevent a kind of medical procedure that she really didn't want to have if she didn't need to anyway all this sort of good stuff so that is always good news uh, and I love I love all the client work that I do it's so much fun um yeah so that's basically what's been happening like between all the other things and uh working and all my client stuff which actually I just, it's such a lifesaver for me. This podcast, this business, my clients, the work that I do is so good for me. I really feel grateful that I get to do this and really grateful that I create this. Like it's not an accident that this happens. I think sometimes people are like, oh, you're so lucky that you get to work for yourself. And I would just say, I, it's not luck <laughs> at all. This is a lot of tears, a lot of determination, a lot of hard work, a lot of thinking, I'll just it was a choice I knew that I created my life that no one if I didn't create my life then I was other people would with their boundaries their desires so I needed to create my life I needed to create the life I want to live and that's how I ended up with this so anyway, that's a whole other that's a whole other thing in itself so let's I think that's I have no other updates for you other than oh parents any other parent out there or someone who has dogs actually Firework night. Ugh. I used to love firework night. Until I had three children under three. Now I curse. Curse the day. <laughs> anyway, let's go on with the show. Hey, hey, hey. I'm interrupting myself to tell you something really, really important. 
So you listen to this podcast. So I'm guessing you would love to create more energy. You'd love to have a flatter belly, better digestion, more glowing skin, healthy balanced hormones, right? And chances are you're really struggling with that. You've listened to this podcast. You maybe implemented a couple of things. You've actually, you're actually trying hard to make changes, but you're not seeing the results. You're still struggling with bloating. Your skin's weird. Your hormones are out of balance. Your bowels are just embarrassing. Whatever it is, I know I can help. And the great thing is, is I currently have capacity to take on new clients. And if you are not sure, if you're not sure I can help you, then I would love to chat it through with you. The best and easiest and most efficient thing we can do is just hop on a Zoom call, ask a couple of questions and just have a really informal chat to find out what's going on in your body. And I guarantee you'll leave these calls with clarity. You'll know exactly what the next steps are for you. And that might be working with me, but it also might not. I'm not going to BS you on the whole thing. I genuinely want to help you. And that's what these calls are for. So do make sure if you are ultra interested, go to keziahall.com forward slash book and we can just chat it through more. I do now have a couple, maybe one or two spaces left for 2021. And then I'm going to be fully booked until the start of 2022, but still book your calls because I have some fun bonuses and some awesome things happening that I'm only going to share with people that I chat to on Zoom. So if you are on the fence, if you are unsure, if you're not sure it's going to work for you or what it might look like or what kind of labs are going to happen, or maybe you think that I can't help you, just go to keziahall.com forward slash book, book in your Zoom call, and we can just chat it through. I worked with thousands of people. This is what I'm trained to do. I'm, and I'm really confident I can help you. And if I can't help you, I will tell you so. <laughs> I'm a pretty blunt down the line kind of person. So I don't want you to spend another year, two years, three years, five years feeling tired, feeling bloated, feeling rubbish and suddenly get to, you know, 2024 and be like, oh my goodness, I still feel terrible. And I felt terrible several years ago. That is not acceptable to me. I would love to help you. I'd love to create a plan of action for you so that you know exactly what you need to feel good in the next couple of months. This is what I'm here to do. So book your call. We'll chat it through. No pressure. These calls are really chilled, really informal. It's just like the podcast, apart from you can like reply and like talk back to me. You can ask your questions. And it's just, it's also really nice to connect in person. Okay. So keziahall.com forward slash book. That's keziahall.com forward slash book. Book in your call with me. If you have any questions, you can send them to admin at keziahall.com, the email address. Otherwise, I would love to chat with you soon and we can either maybe you could either sneak in the rest of 2021 or we can make a plan to start working together in 2022. Okay. Now, what I want to talk about today is something I see all the time with clients. It's something I deal with myself and it's something I have conversations with on the regular (laughs) with my clients in my program. And this is the idea of how do you get out of your own way and see some results already? Because this is often what is presented to me when I'm having my first session with a client in our kind of three or four month program together. The person I'm working with has a really clear idea of what they want. They, um, I'm just going to use a particular client that we'll call Steph, that's not her name, um, at the moment. And she is really clear on what she wanted. She wanted more energy. She wanted a better libido. And she wanted to maybe lose a little bit of weight. Wasn't the first thing, but those are things. Very clear. She really needed and knew she wanted to have more energy. But part of the problem was, is she was 
she knew some of her behaviours were actually creating the very opposite of what she wanted. So there's a disconnect. And I see this all the time with another with another client, uh, with, with, all, with all my clients, is that the, there's always a clarity of what you want, of what the goal is or what the desire is, whether it's no more bloating, getting rid of IBS, improved fertility, less painful periods, less heavy periods, better relationship with food, better night's sleep. Like that's super clear. Like, And people really do want that. But the actual behaviors, habits, or lifestyles that they have actually are creating the very opposite, which makes sense, right? If you're struggling with your energy and with IBS and let's say PCOS, we'll just do all the syndromes because they're a common combination. Um, it would be the reason that you have those things are the result of not only, but partly the result of habits and um the kind of behaviors that you have. So for example, you might really want more energy. You know you want more energy, but the behavior you have, it's like binge eat loads of sugar and to skip breakfast, drink coffee, eat sugary things. And that behavior of skipping breakfast, eating sugar and um, drinking all the coffee or whatever it was actually creates, like, and you'll know this, that actual behavior actually creates less energy. It takes away your energy. It, it actually is the thing you are doing, the action you are taking is actively creating the opposite of what you want. And it's not because you don't want what you want, because sometimes that can be a thing sometimes, and this can be the case some of the time. It's actually just think, so with weight loss is a great example. People are like, I really want to lose a stone, but they've literally made zero progress for, towards that for like the last five years. They might not really want to lose a stone enough. Like they just don't want to. And if you just don't want it enough, that's totally fine. Just take that off your plate. Like take the pressure off. If you don't want it, it's fine. <laughs> like that's fine. I talk to people all the time that actually don't really want their health to change that much. They say they do, but actually when it comes to the financial investment, the headspace, actually the uncomfortable work of change essentially, you know, you're saying you want to ditch IBS and PCOS. You're saying you want change. In order to create change, things need to change, <laughs> which I know is a really obvious thing, but sometimes we forget that. And sometimes people don't want that enough, you know, to, to, to um, be open to change. Now, often that's because people have quite funny ideas of what change involves. And with all my clients, like, I make their life easier. So when we're talking about change, the goal, actually the change that we're creating in their lives is with so much more ease, so much more simplicity. Like it's really about creating change and actually making their life easier. But a lot of the time people think change involves stress and a million other things to do and all that kind of stuff, which actually with the right support, it totally doesn't need to. But anyway, that's a side note. So it's people are basically often stuck in this loop where they're like, I really want this thing, but the very action I take every single day is creating the opposite. So how do you get out of your own way with that? It's basically people getting in a, in their own way. They, It's not that, so say for some people, they maybe really don't want to lose weight or ditch IBS enough, not enough to really change and really take responsibility and really own their food and their health and their body and their choices. Like, it, that's, it is, it is, it's work, not in the sense of like busy work, but it is work. You know, when clients sign up to work with me, to some degree, they are saying, yes, I want to take a bit, I'm taking some radical responsibility for my life, for my choices, for my health, for my habits. So not everyone wants to do that. That's totally fine. There's no judgment there. It's just 
not everyone wants to do that. Not everyone wants to put their money where their mouth is. Not everyone wants to, you know, actually own that part. Oh, it's just not ready. It's not the right time for them. That's okay. So, but we're assuming that's not the case. And that most of the time, like with my clients, what pe- what's happening is they like they really do. Like they really do want more energy. Like I was chatting with someone um, just the other week and they were like, I'm so aware, like they weren't even working anymore because of how their pain levels and their energy and their mental health was affecting them. They're like, I can't even work. I had another potential client I was chatting to and she was like, this is really impacting my job. Like it's impacting my ability to make money, to enjoy, like all of these things. So, and when that's that case, there's just generally like this confusion and disconnect. And often people, when they start working to me, or even when I'm just chatting to potential clients and we're just figuring out if it's a good step for them, it's there's like a level of frustration and they feel like they're stuck in like this vicious circle and trap of like, I keep on doing the very things that don't serve me and I don't know how to get out of my own way. Like, how can you get out of your own way and just see some results already? Because you're listening to this, say your energy's rubbish and say you have a Haribo I don't know, I was going to say fetish, but that makes, that's a whole other topic and um, podcast. But say you have a, you'd love Haribo and sweeties and gel, and it's, you know, it's been Halloween, it's been all these things, you've just got sweeties going around everywhere. Actually, you, like for you, if you need more energy, like stopping eating all those sweeties and refined sugar will really help your energy. Like that's, it's not like a, ooh, I wonder what will help, really obvious. But why can't you do it? Because you would see results very quickly if you could just remove refined sugar in a really mindful and loving way. If you could remove refined sugar for a good four or five weeks, I I would put a lot of money that your energy is going to be much better. Like that, it's not like, oh, I wonder what will help. It's obvious, but why don't we do it? Because we kind of get in the way of our own results, don't we? And that's what we're looking at today. Okay, so it's really important to realize, I find... I'm a very visually minded person. I find breaking down challenges really helpful. Like, and as a holistic nutritionist, my, my job with my clients is to problem solve. So really we've got to look at this problem. What it, What is it? It really is a disconnect between your desire and your behavior. So your desire is true. Like you want to, let's go with the IBS and PCOS example. You want to really learn how to just reduce the symptoms from your IBS and your PCOS massively. That's really clear. You really do want that. But your behavior, you can't seem to shift that. And your behavior actually creates the very thing that you don't want. So obviously there's a disconnect within yourself. There's these two things. There's this struggle. And often we beat ourselves up about the struggle. We judge ourselves. We're very harsh. We think it's our fault. We think we have no self-control. We think all other things. And this can look different. So with one client... I'm working with just now, um, we were chatting just the other week and we'd made a couple of dietary shifts to really support her energy. And she was getting really, really stuck with going gluten-free. That was one of the things we had with that. And actually we realized she really wanted to, she really wanted to have more energy. She understood that gluten maybe probably wasn't gonna help her. She always sus- already suspected that. But actually her behavior, she was actually overthinking about creating like perfect meals. And so her behavior, this overthinking behavior was stopping her from creating more energy by experimenting with removing gluten. So it's not always just like, oh, you know, you, you, um, you get in your own way by binge eating, although that's you know, also happens. It can also be the overthinking, the overanalyzing of being like, well, how do I do this? And, and we actually, we just in the, in the call together, we're like, cause I often chat to my clients every week. We were just like, how can we make this super simple? What's the easiest way? Where can we do easy switches? What meals do you already do? And how can we just make them gluten-free? Like, and actually we need to stop overthinking, stop trying to make it perfect and just 
do something and change the behavior. Another client was really struggling with lunches when they were in the office and for them, for their energy, for their pain management, all these kind of things needed to eat a proper meal in a day, especially at lunch to really help with that afternoon sugar binging and those evening sugar binges that again were robbing her of energy. And she knew this and she kept beating herself up for having like her diet coke and a, I don't know, sandwich and biscuits or whatever it is. And she knew those foods actually didn't make her feel good. It wasn't that you know, she didn't have a bad relationship in terms of those are bad foods. She just knew those increased her pain levels, robbed her of her energy. And she, but she kind of, again, got stuck with struggling with like lunches and trying to think, I need to make everything homemade and what can I have? And it needs to be different every day. And like, just making it really complicated. And I was like, right, look, when you're in the office, which is maybe two or three times a week, like a lot of people just now, let's just get some really good quality ready meals. You fill the, you fill the freezer with some ready meals. When you go into the office, you take a ready meal, and you heat it up in the microwave in the office. And you know, and we know then you're getting a good amount of protein, a good amount of um, some vegetables to there. And she, you know, we'd already worked on her lunches, uh, sorry, her breakfast. So we knew she was getting a solid breakfast. And so this was really just about making sure she was eating enough. This was important for this client, eating enough, bouncing her blood sugars and just making it simpler. Instead of trying to make it perfect, trying to make it super easy. Now, the ready meals I suggested were uh, gluten-free, dairy-free, high in protein, really good, as good quality as you can have because we may as well. But I was like, yeah, ideally you'd have a homemade lunch with some homemade soup, but you're working from home two or three days, the other two or three days, and you are having homemade lunches then, and you don't find those a problem. So let's just make this easy for you. Stop overthinking, stop trying to be perfect because she was getting in her own way. She really didn't want to be eating sandwiches and biscuits for lunch, but she kept on eating sandwiches and biscuits because she kept on getting in her own way through the overthinking, overthinking about things, and it just, it was just causing our problems. Or another client, this is more of a classic air quotes case, where she was coming to me and she was still in a bit of a cycle of binging and purging. And that had gotten better over time. She'd had lots of work and therapy and all of these kind of things, but she really just wanted a healthy relationship with food. So what she wanted was a healthy, no drama relationship with food. Her behavior was a lot of beating herself up, a lot of under eating and this kind of binging and purging, purging cycle. So actually when we started to address, um, like what we did is we didn't just, I mean, now I'm probably doing a whole episode on this. I'm going to start doing some case studies more in depth because I think they'll be really interesting. But with her, we had to look at why she was getting in her own way. And for her, some of it was really practical biology. She wasn't eating enough during the day. So obviously her body was going to get, try and get large amounts of calories in at one time. Like, like that just makes sense. She was under eating. And often I see this all the time with binging and purging people or just even binging. It's often because they under eat. So naturally the body's going to be like, give me all the food. And there was some psychology perspective, um, components to it as well. So we had to fix her biology. We also had to look at her psychology. We had to get her sleeping better, bouncing her blood sugars better. Like it's really about thinking about why she was getting in her own way and really making that connection as opposed to just being like, try, stop binging. Actually going like, okay, binging is a really logical response for you because you're under eating and your blood sugar is out of balance and your sleeping is poor. Okay like how, like really looking at it properly and really looking at how to, for her, how to get her out of her own way was to solve the right problem and to not make it wrong, not make her bad for binging. Like it was just logic. Like it was just, it's just problem solving. That's all it was. So really important. There's often this disconnect 
happening with clients to whatever degree. Maybe you have no, you have thyroid disease and you know gluten doesn't do you good and you know dairy doesn't do you good, but you keep on eating it even though you want to have more energy because you don't feel like your thyroxine is really helping with your energy or making that much difference anymore, but you can't, but your behavior is to like just binge eat on homemade sourdough bread. Okay, that's a common, a common theme. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my goodness, Kezia, how do you, have you read my mind? No, it's just because I've worked with thousands of people and everyone comes to me being like, oh, this must be like, I'm the only person in the world that does this. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is, this happens to a lot of people. So why does this happen? Why do we have such a disconnect from our desire, from our goal and our behavior? Why is our behavior binge eating when our desire is a healthy relationship with food? Why is our behavior eating all the bread when we know we have a thyroid disease and we know gluten doesn't help? Why do we um, not go out for a run when actually we really, really want to run that 10K like, and train for that? What is going on there? So you've really got to look at why. Again, I do this all the time with clients. Asking the question why, it's, it's a great question. I know it's annoying when your kids do it. <laughs> why 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 but actually asking yourself why is super important it's part of what I do as a nutritionist is I gather all the data on someone who run labs we go through their health history we go through any of their doctor's test results all those kind of things and we just look at why why like in this metaphorical case why is the IBS happening why is their PCOS happening why are they tired what is happening and I found from working with thousands of people there's often three factors for this. And again, especially with this getting in your own way. And for each of you, one of these might be more prevalent than the other one. But in terms of why you could be getting in your own way and what is creating that and why there's this disconnect between what you want and what your behavior is, it's it's one of three things, often a blend of all of them. First thing, it's, it's your biology. We'll talk more about that. Second thing would be your psychology, your thinking, what's going on in your mind. Massive. Massive, massive. This is, I would say, it's nearly always going on with people. And the third thing would be cultural. Okay, so those would be the three reasons why. So I'll dive into this a little bit more. So first of all, your biology. Like we talked to that other client who was binging, she was under eating. Like her body was hungry. <laughs> so obviously her brain was going to do whatever it took to get in enough calories, enough energy. Hence, binging. Binging is actually a really logical response to under eating you've not eaten enough for 24 hours 48 hours your body and your brain starts to go gee so we're just like we're not getting back like we're not getting enough here let's have some really strong surges for food it's a really logical thing to do like it's no like we don't need to judge ourselves for it but so much of the time when clients come to me if their history of binging or are still binging in some way they are not eating enough because the, the cycle of binging is that you binge and then you try and make up for it in air quotes, and then ugh, it's just this vicious cycle. And it's really, really unhelpful. So biology is important. Also things like gut health. So with other clients, when I was talking about like overthinking, getting really fixated on, oh my goodness, is this right? Have I done this perfectly? Have I had enough protein? What's the calories of this? What's the macronutrient ratio? And is this truly gluten-free? And have I had that? And what should I eat? And I need to eat something different every day and I need to try and have vegetables. All the overthinking drama that happens with food. And this is where often I can still get stuck. I have to keep myself in check with this. That it can that anxiety around food can sometimes be to do with your gut health. If your gut health is poor, it will affect your mental health. It will affect your anxiety levels, depression, and other mental health disorders. That's really clear in the research. If your gut health is poor, there is going to be some impact on your mental health. Like 
again, that's not like a maybe, maybe. It's it's like it's just gonna and just gonna be the way. Just gonna be how it is. That's the word. And obviously, everyone's individual, so everyone will be affected in different ways. I would say a good chunk of my clients are on antidepressants when they come to me. They're on anti-anxiety medications. They're on some medication for their mental health because their gut health is gotten so out of whack it's obviously going to affect your brain and that's obviously going to affect how what you think and what you think affects impacts your behavior so if you want to change a habit if you want to change a behavior you first have to look at what you're thinking what you're believing and what your thoughts are because it's your thoughts that will drive your behavior always okay Okay, I just had to take a little pause because I heard some crying. I just needed to check. A oh, wonderful nanny was all all right. Um, so your behavior, your habits, driven by what is happening in your brain, for sure. So your biology, if, you're, if there's inflammation going on in your brain, how can you look after your brain? How, what's going on in your biology? If your thyroid is off, if your blood sugars are dysregulated, you're probably going to crave more sugar. If your ATP production, I mean your energy production is poor, you're probably going to need more coffee. If your cortisol is flatlining in the morning, you're probably going to want to like have tons of sugar and tons of caffeine. Or like with another client I was working with recently, their like dopamine pathways basically weren't great. So they were constantly on this like pleasure seeking hunt just to light up their brain, which was like alcohol and smoking and um, sugar and all of these kind of things because it was the biology. It was logical behavior in terms of their biology. It's like their behavior was simply trying to fix a biological imbalance. Now, it was trying to do that in a very primal survivalist way, not necessarily in their best interest, but your body's always going to prioritize survival rather than thriving. So if your dopamine pathways are wonky, it's just going to look like your brain is just going to look to light up, whether it's smoking, whether it's drugs, whether it's drinking, whether it's sugar, whether it's like extreme sports. Honestly, there was some, oh, I can't remember when or who the researcher was, but there's some research, uh, someone researched all these, you know, extreme sport people, you know, like free climbers and all these, you know, people just like throw themselves off things. And you're like, you know, you look at those people, all those documentaries and you're like, I think your brain is really different to mine <laughs> because I, I would not throw myself off of, of anything, but it is, their brains are different. Like how they're, you know, it's almost like that dopamine seeking behavior. They like, they, it like lights up their brain because the way our brains light up, it's not enough for them. Anyway, that's a total side note, but biology really got to look at. If there's a disconnect, if you are getting in your own way all the time, there's probably some just good old logic going on. You're not eating enough. Therefore, your body wants you to eat more food. So you Benji, you're really, really exhausted. Your cortisol is flatlined in the morning. It's not spiking. So your body's going to get you to drink lots of coffee. You are um, really inflamed. So your body's going to get you to, you know, all of these like creating all these habits. You're exhausted. Your body is stressed out and burnt out. So your, you know, your body isn't going to want to do any extra, any extra exercise, all these things. So biology. Next thing is psychology. Again, you've got it. If you wanted to change a behavior, if you're wanting to change something like, I want to start eating gluten-free. I want to stop eating sugar. I want to um, cut down on my coffee. I want to start meditating. I want to, whatever it is, whatever the thing is that you have, would want to do, you've got to actually try and solve that by looking at the root cause. So say, um, like you're wanting to start meditation, for example, but you just can't seem 
to do it, actually that you sitting and getting and meditating for five minutes often is to do about your thoughts about it, what you believe about it. If you believe it's a waste of time, if you believe you're not worth it, if you believe it's useless, if you believe it's not going to change anything, you have to change your thoughts because your behavior is driven by your thoughts, by your beliefs, by your values. If you want to change a behavior, you need to change your psychology first. And if you're struggling to change your behavior, like, because I just keep on eating loads of sugar, I'm trying not to, and I just keep on doing it. I'm such a terrible person. First of all, no, you're not. You're not a terrible person at all. Second of all, you need to change how you think. What are your beliefs about meditating? What are your beliefs about your body? What are your beliefs about yourself? Most of the time, and again, we'll come to this when I talk about culture, women are told we're never enough. Our bodies are just there to be, quote, quote, beautiful and adored. We are told we are too fat, too thin, too big, too small, too too much, too little. All at once, we're told we should be a martyr. We're told we should look after everyone first. We're told to be quiet, to shut up, sit down, be happy, be grateful to be alive, be grateful that our husbands take the garbage out. Oh my goodness, how grateful am I? Like, we're told that we should just be really grateful to exist and really not to take up space. So often meditating actually is really this thought of, I can't take that time for myself. It's selfish. I can't take, I don't have time to do, to meditate. I don't have time to do that. Yes, you do. You've just been told that everyone else's time is more important than yours. And that's how you live your life. So that then leads me on to culture. It's really important to know that culturally in, I live in, I live in Scotland and so within Britain and a lot within the Western countries, we historically, women have done all the unseen work. So we know there's data on this now, there's research around it. There's a great book called Invisible Women that talks about basically how women have just been generally just invisible in terms of all this stuff. But it's, I think it's on average women do about 20 hours of unseen, unpaid work a week. And that might be on top of your parenting roles, your employment roles, your other caring roles. But because it's just assumed that women take care of these things. So chances are, if you don't feel like you have time to meditate, it's because you are the one spinning all the plates, managing everything in your household, in your family. You are the one doing all the things. You're the one arranging Auntie Martha's birthday thing. You're the one dealing with the dentist and the doctor and the th- like all of these things. And that's a really important thing to be aware of if you're looking to implement change. Because chances are, if you keep getting in your own way, it's probably because you are still playing into this narrative of you are to be all things to all people at all times. And you just need to shut up and be happy and quiet about it. A lot of work I do actually sometimes with clients when it's appropriate and when it's right is actually getting them to look at their lives, to look at where they can get help. How can they get support? Because I work mainly with women. I do it with men as well, but mainly with women. And it's women coming to me burnt out, exhausted, thyroid disease, autoimmune conditions, tired, zero libido, because they are doing, thinking, managing everything in their lives. They are trying to clean. They are trying to work. They're trying to do all the invisible unseen work. They're trying to do the house renovations. They're trying to take care of their kids or their dogs or their aunties or their parents or whatever it is. They're trying to do the community stuff. They're trying to do their hobbies. They're trying to look after their health. It's like they're trying to do so many things. It's actually like almost like they, their disconnect for them is that it's just too much for their brain. You know, they can't even think about finding time to meditate because it's almost like they can't find the space. Now, 
there is space and you can create space. And that's what I do with my clients. You know, a client recently who I just wrapped up with, we worked with her together just to communicate, you know, some of her action steps were, yes, dealing with blood sugar. We ran a stool test. We dealt with a gut. We dealt with some thrush and all these things. But also sometimes her action step was to have a hard conversation with a partner. Another action step was to hire a cleaner, even though that kind of made her feel uncomfortable because, you know, she could clean. Like, like I have a cleaner. Like, I, I can clean. Like, I used to be a cleaner. Like, I quite like cleaning. But strategically... This, I just don't need to be cleaning my own toilet. And neither did she, you know? If, and she, her body was telling her she was ill. She was burnt out. She was not well. And so we had to change some of those dynamics. So super, super important um, to really be aware and really address your why. Because the problem I see with clients all the time is they're always solving the wrong problem. It's like, oh, I'm just going to like start intermittent fasting, to help with my energy and weight loss. And you're like, oh, geez, oh, that's, that is not, you are solving the wrong problem and you will feel terrible <laughs> most of the time. Some, sometimes it works for people, but generally speaking, you're going to feel terrible because you're trying to solve the wrong problem. So really figure out if you are struggling and you constantly feel like you're getting in your own way, why do you think that is? Is it your biology? Is it your psychology? Or is it cultural influences of just assumptions, cultural narratives that you've just taken on without realizing you've just not even consciously, but somehow you're living your life like you should be the martyr. And actually when you consciously think about it, you don't want to be like that. This is constantly what I'm unpicking right now. I'm dealing with all these things, you know, I'm postpartum, life is full, there's been a lot going on for me in the last four years, to be honest. So I'm constantly addressing my biology. I'm constantly addressing my psychology with therapy and all these things. And I'm constantly becoming more and more aware of the cultural blueprints that I've been given. And as a mother, I am so aware that there's this just expectation that I am just the martyr for the whole family. And when I consciously think about that, I do not want to be. So I am constantly picking that from my own expectations and from my own structure, the actual structures we have of why is it assumed that I am off when the kids are off? Why is it assumed I have to rearrange my work when the kids are off? Like all of these conversations. And it's not to say that me doing that is wrong. I just need to consciously choose it, not just play it out because what well, that's what women have done for thousands of years, you know, before we were burned at the stake for making mint tea. <laughs> Honestly, anyway, just been reading more about all the uh, the witch trials or aka genocide that went on for a long time. Anyway, it was all for like women like being quote unquote witches that were like was really it was just like them being like, oh, you have a funny tummy. Here's some mint tea from my garden. Like not not exactly radical, you know. Anyway, that's a total tangent which we will not go down. But you got to look at why. Okay, is it your biology? Is it your psychology? Is it, is it cultural blueprints that you've never consciously been aware of? You never consciously agreed to, but they're in the back of your mind that you should be doing all the things. You can't ask for help. Your husband works more hours than you. Your partner works more hours than you. You can't ask them to do more. Um, why not? <laughs> a client said that to me the other day. I was like, why? You work? He works? Why? Why can't he do more? And she, she honestly didn't know. It was just this, uh, this kind of idea. Anyway, so you've got to figure out why. And then what can you do? What can you do about it? So first thing you do is you need to figure out your why. Figure out what is happening. Next thing you do is you need to get support. You need to get help. Like, it's so powerful. You know, I mentioned I've been working through all three of these things. And the only reason I've been doing that is because I've had a lot of help. I have a therapist, helps with my psychology, and my 
poor little breathe. I um, have been doing some uh, work on my biology, getting some help with that, chatting, running some tests, all of those kinds of things, getting support with that. And culturally, just doing some work and unpicking that. I also have a coach who's been helping me with my brain and helping me with um, my roles and all of these kind of things. But it's so, so important that you um, get the help that you need, get support. Don't try and do all the things, especially if this has been a problem for a long time. If you really feel like you've been getting in your own way for ages and you're really struggling to see results, you keep trying, you keep failing, you're kind of in this loop where it's like you try and then you fail and you try and then it doesn't work and then you keep on, you put in a good effort and you see some progress and then you sabotage and all ends up, you just end up in that loop, which I see so often. Get some help. Honestly, stop trying to do it on your own. Stop trying to figure it out on your own. Come and work with me. Come and work with someone else. Get some sort of help go get some therapy, go get a personal trainer, go get a holistic nutritionist, go get a therapist, like go get some help. It'll be so much quicker. Your results you'll see will be much faster. You'll accelerate your progress. It's It'll just be phenomenal. Okay. The next thing, you need to quit the harsh judgment on yourself. Most of your behaviors, if you actually unpick them, are very logical very logical. Most of the time, the behaviors that you have that you judge so harshly, that you that you criticize yourself for, that you're like, I'm such a terrible person for never waking up early with my alarm. I'm such an awful person for binge eating on dairy milk and crunchies in the evening. I'm such a terrible person for eating all those hobnobs at work. All those behaviors that you harsh yourself, judge for, you label yourself for, you bully yourself for, are often really logical. And it's just your body trying to get what it needs. And even if that's the main takeaway you take from this podcast, that can be so liberating and powerful. Quit judging yourself. Realize that your behaviors are often just your body trying to look after you. It's trying to solve a problem and they're often super logical. It's a super logical response for you to binge eat if you undereat. It's a super logical response for you to crave and look for sugar if you're not sleeping enough, your blood sugar's out of balance and you're tired. It's a super logical response for you to eat all the carbs if you can't digest fat and protein very well, which side note, I see like an 80% of my clients. It's really logical. So stop beating yourself up. Stop judging, labeling, bullying. Often your behavior is a really logical response. And when you can remove yourself, remove the emotion, be less of a bitch to yourself, to be honest, you actually then can just problem solve very simply. And that's that's what that's part of what I do with clients is I help them stop the judgment and we just literally problem solve. It can be so um, simple and it's so, so powerful. Okay. So if you really are struggling and you can't, you just seem to be getting in your own way, you're in this vicious cycle all the time. You need to get some support in some way, someone to help you. And you'll intuitively know that either in your heart, in your gut, in your brain, you'll feel something resonating, resonate, working with me, resonate. You might be thinking, oh, actually, you know, I've been meaning to go and see a therapist. Oh, I've been meaning to get some CBT. You know what? I've been meaning to whatever hire that personal trainer, read that book, whatever it is, you'll know already. And if it is, you've been thinking about working with me, keziahall.com forward slash book, book in a Zoom call. We'll just chat. There's no pressure. It doesn't like, you know, you don't sign sign up on the line here and no, it's just a chat. It's a bit like a podcast, but you take to talk back 
and it will really help you to figure out what's the right next step for you, whether it's working with me or not. Like I really am. I trust that the right people come to me at the right time. So there's zero pressure from me, but I would love to talk to you about it. Or maybe you're like, no, no, it's not with you. It's with someone else that I've been feeling like I should work with or book a call with or whatever. Do it. Phone that therapist, book that call in with me. Like do it, do it. Um, so powerful, so, so powerful. And the next thing, quit judging, quit, quit the harsh judgment, quit bullying yourself, your behavior, the thing that you feel like is you self-sabotaging, the thing that is you getting in your own way, even the word self-sabotaging is criticizing it. It's making it this bad thing like, oh, I keep on self-sabotaging. I'm such a loser. No, it's actually probably your body trying to solve a problem. It's just it's just not doing a great job of it. You know, it's a really logical response to eat tons of sugar and ice cream if you've not eaten enough during the day. You know, it makes sense. really logical to eat tons of sugar and ice cream and biscuits to fire off your dopamine pathways if they're not doing a great job on your own. Totally makes sense. Don't judge it. Be kind to yourself, okay? And just solve the right problem. And if you don't know what your problem is, get some help because that, like, that's a, I mean, for me, that's an easy job. I'd run labs, I ask you questions, I do research, I look at the evidence, and we figure out what the problems are. Like, it's very simple for me, but it is hard when it's <laughs> when it's your own body, okay? So I hope this has been helpful. And if you take action on this, on just those two points, I can guarantee that in the next three months, you will stop getting out of your own way and you will make progress. Like that client I talked about at the beginning, who's binging and purging and had a terrible relationship with food, spoke to them the other day, sleeping better, much better relationship with food, hasn't binged eight in ages and ages and ages. The other client who's overthinking things about their meals and struggling to remove gluten, has removed gluten, found it easier than they thought, is having more energy, seeing some massive improvements. The other client who's struggling with lunches, pain management massively going down, nervous system is calming down. Like, this is how you see results. So I hope this is helpful. Thank you so much for joining me. Honestly, I cannot believe people listen to this podcast. So I appreciate you being here. Appreciate you giving your time. Let me know any questions you have. You can go to Supernaturally Healthy on Instagram. You can email me at admin at keziahall.com. If you want to book a Zoom call with me, go to keziahall.com forward slash Zoom. No, <laughs> that's a lie. keziahall.com forward slash book. There we go. I had a total brain fart just then. Um, and I'll see you next week for another episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm so glad that you are here. And if you're looking for more in-depth, personalized support, then remember, I'm currently taking on new clients so we could get started working together super soon. So head to keziahall.com forward slash book to book in your call with me and we'll just chat it through what it looks like, what it would look like for you and answer all of your questions and you can decide if it's a good fit. So head to keziahall.com forward slash book book in your call with me and we can chat super soon on zoom which would be really fun it'd be like a podcast but where you can reply <laughs> which is always fun so i would love to chat with you so head to keziahall.com forward slash book and we can just chat it through this is a really chilled informal chat no pressure no weird weird sales techniques just a chat on zoom and feel free to bring a cup of tea okay i look forward to speaking to you soon bye